हेलो एवरीवन आई एम जशन सिंह एंड यू आर वेलकम टू द शो बिफोर एनीथिंग एल्स थैंक यू फॉर बीइंग हियर आई नो सम ऑफ यू वुड स्टॉप लिसनिंग इन मिडवे ऑफ द एपिसोड दैट्स व्हाई आई एम थैंकिंग यू इन द बिगनिंग ओनली एंड कीप स्पोर्टिंग मच लव टू यू when we start thinking about the life cycle of a star first of all some questions like what it meant to be a star how the star renovated itself during its whole journey did the star die and overall what is star life come to the mind whenever we think about a gaseous body or so called star the one thing that we have to be obvious about while talking about life period of a star is that it isn't a process of few years though it takes million or even billions of years to get into its death stage yes death stage a star do die that's one reason why we can't see much alteration in a star suppose our sun we didn't yet evidently seen any measurable change in it although it's there since the existence of human race and also the average age of human being is only 71 years hence it's just impossible to be an eyewitness of star's life cycle for an individual human until we discover any piles for stop aging all stars are formed from collapsing clouds of gas and dust often called nebulae or molecular clouds the process by which a star changes over the course of time is said as stellar evolution which i would use from now onwards in the place of star life that might be more effective so technically stellar evolution starts with the gravitational collapse of a giant molecular cloud which we refer to as nebula stellar evolution is not studied by observing the life of a single star as most stellar changes occur too slowly to be detected even over many centuries instead astrophysicists come to understand how stars evolve by observing numerous stars at various points in their lifetime and by stimulating stellar structure using computer models depending on the mass of the star its lifetime can range from a few million years for the massive stars to trillions of years for the least massive which is considerably longer than the age of the universe so even universe also not have this privilege of witnessing stellar evolution completely over the course of millions of years the protostars settled down in a state of equilibrium becoming what is known as a main sequence star protostar is a very young star that is still gathering mass from its parent molecular cloud just think about a child who is still dependent on his parents for the needs that's what a protostar is so now protostars get settled down into main sequence star generally it's nuclear fusion that powers the star for most of its existence Initially the energy is generated by the fusion of hydrogen atom at the core of the main sequence star 
When a star exhausts the hydrogen in its core, it leaves the main sequence and begins to fuse hydrogen in a shell outside the core. The core increases in mass as the shell produces more helium. Depending on the mass of the helium core, this continues for several million to one or two billion years. With the star expanding and cooling at a similar or slightly lower luminosity to its main sequence state. Eventually, either the core becomes degenerate in stars around the mass of the sun or the outer layers cool sufficiently to become opaque in more massive stars. Either of these changes cause the hydrogen shell to increase in temperature and the luminosity of the star to increase, at which point the star expands onto the red giant branch. The helium core continues to grow on the red giant branch. Red giant branch or RGB stars with the degenerate helium cores all reach the tip with very similar core masses and very similar luminosities. Although the more massive of the red giants become hot enough to ignite helium fusion before that point. Helium fusion ignites inside helium star in helium flesh though this isn't seen in degenerate core stars. The energy from these flashes, however, is consumed by the thermal expansion and thus cannot be seen outside the star. Hence, the star contracts and it migrates to the horizontal branch, gradually shrinking in radius and increasing its surface temperature. Then going through asymptotic giant branch phase, a carbon star is formed very cool and strongly redundant stars showing strong carbon lines in their spectra. Till now, the table was like this. Firstly, we have a proto star which is converting into main sequence star, further passing through subgiant stage to getting into the first red up occurring during hydrogen shell burning on the red giant branch, then the second and sometimes third red up occurs during helium shell burning on the asymptotic giant branch and convects carbon to the surface in sufficiently massive stars. But now we have two separately different paths. One path ends at planetary nebula and the other one at neutron star or black hole. In post asymptotic giant branch phase, the mid-range stars which are clearly oxygen rich in contrast to the carbon stars ultimately reach the tip of the asymptotic giant branch. AGB and run out of fuel for shell burning. They are not sufficiently massive to start full-scale carbon fusion so they contract again going through a period of post-AGB superwind to produce a planetary nebula with an extremely hot central star. Once the central star has exhausted its nuclear fuel, its core collapses into a dense white drop and the outer layers are expelled as a planetary nebula. The expelled gases is relatively rich in heavy elements created within the star and may be particularly oxygen or carbon enriched, depending on the type of the star. In massive stars, the core is already large enough at the onset of the hydrogen burning shell that helium ignition will occur before electron degeneracy pressure has a chance to become prevalent. Thus, when these stars expand and cool, they do not brighten as dramatically as lower mass stars. However, 
They were more luminous on the main sequence and they evolved to highly luminous supergiants. Their cores become massive enough that they cannot support themselves by electron degeneracy and will eventually collapse to produce a neutron star or a black hole. This was all about mid-range and massive stars. Extremely massive stars which are very luminous and thus have very rapid stellar winds lost mass so rapidly due to radiation pressure that they tend to stripe off their own envelope before they can expand to become red supergiants and thus retain extremely high surface temperatures from their main sequence time onwards. Due to some active reactions in the cores, the blown off star get transformed to an oxygen neon magnesium white graph. Before oxygen start to fuse, neon begins to capture electrons which triggers neon burning. For a certain range of stars, this process is unstable and creates runaway fusion resulting in an electron capture supernova. The fusion of neon proceeds without a runaway deflagration. This is followed in turn by complete oxygen burning and silicon burning, producing a core consisting largely of iron peak elements. Surrounding the core are shells of lighter elements still undergoing fusion. The iron core grows until it reaches an effective Chandrasekhar mass. Once required mass is reached, electrons begin to be captured into the iron peak nuclei and the core become unable to support itself. The core collapses and the star is destroyed, either in a supernova or direct collapse to a black hole. And this is the stages which a star goes through to die eventually, which means it no longer have its identity as a star. Our sun is in the midway of the main sequence stage. So it have almost some billions of years to survive. Of course, that's it for today's session. I hope you now understand how the star go through its life cycle. I will be uploading such great content in future. Stay tuned and never forget. Love yourself. Thank you yourself. Choose a different path and never step back.